Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by The Book Guide. Well, hello, Noah, she said. How are you this morning? And he could not tell whether it was smugness or pity in her voice. He is twelve now. He has been Noah for three years. But Noah still feels like one of those Halloween masks, something rubbery and awkward he doesn't quite know how to wear. So now, out of the blue, a letter from his mother. It looks like her handwriting, and no one else would call him that. Bird. After all these years, he forgets her voice sometimes. When he tries to summon it, it slips away like a shadow dissolving in the dark. He opens the envelope with trembling hands. Three years without a single word. But finally, he'll understand why she left, where she's been. But inside, nothing but a drawing. A whole sheet of paper, covered edge to edge in drawings no bigger than a dime. Cats. Big cats. Little cats. Striped and calico and tuxedo. Sitting pert, licking their paws lolling in puddles of sunlight. Doodles, really, like the ones his mother drew on his lunch bags many years ago, like the ones he sometimes draws in his class notebooks today. Barely more than a few curved lines, but recognizable, alive. That's all. No message, no words even, just cat after cat in ballpoint squiggle. Something about it tugs at the back of his mind, but he can't quite hook it. He turns the paper over, looking for clues, but the back of the page is blank. Do you remember anything about your mother? Sadie had asked him once. They were on the playground, atop the climbing structure, the slide yawning down before them. Fifth grade, the last year with recess. Everything too small for them by then, meant for little children. Across the blacktop, they watched their classmates, hunting each other out. Ready or not, here I come. The truth was that he did, but he didn't feel like sharing, even with Sadie. Their motherlessness bound them together, but it was different what had happened to them, what had happened with their mothers. Not much, he'd said. Do you remember much about yours? Sadie grabbed the bar over the slide and hoisted herself, as if doing a chin-up. Only that she was a hero, she said. Bird said nothing. Everyone knew that Sadie's parents had been deemed unfit to raise her, and that's how she'd ended up with her foster family, and at their school. There were all kinds of stories about them. That even though Sadie's mother was black and her father was white, they were Chinese sympathizers selling out America. All kinds of stories about Sadie, too that when the officers came to take her away, she'd bitten one and ran screaming back to her parents, and they'd had to cart her off in handcuffs. That this wasn't even her first foster family, that she'd been replaced more than once because she caused so much trouble, that even after she'd been removed, her parents kept on trying to overturn pact, like they didn't care about getting her back, that they'd been arrested and were in jail somewhere. He suspected there were stories about him, too. But he didn't want to know. Anyway, Sadie went on, as soon as I'm old enough, 
I'm going back home to Baltimore and find them both. She was a year older than Bird, even though they were in the same grade, and she never let him forget it. Had to repeat, the parents whispered at pickup, with pity in their voices, because of her upbringing. But even a new start can't straighten her out. How? Bird had asked. Sadie didn't answer, and after a minute, she let go of the bar and slumped down beside him, a small defiant heap. The next year, just as school ended, Sadie disappeared. And now, in seventh grade, Bird is all alone again. It is just past five. His father would be home soon. And if he sees the letter, he'll make Bird burn it. They don't have any of his mother's things, not even her clothes. After she'd gone away, his father burned her books in the fireplace, smashed the cell phone she left behind, piled everything else in a heap at the curb. Forget about her, he'd said. By morning, people living rough had picked the pile clean.